Our scripture will be found in the book of Psalms. Would you turn your Bible to the book of Psalms? If you don't have your word, God has sovereignly given us technology. Can I get a witness out there, right? It will be on the screen, but as we do, as we are accustomed to in our church, let's stand again in the reading of God's word. Ho'omau kau kau. The author King David has penned these verses as the Lord is my light and my salvation. Can I get a witness out there, right? Hawaiians, thank God for salvation. Thank God for the light. As a homestead boy, I thank God that he has rescued me from my heaven. My Pilakia. And I want you to see how this author penned these words when it came to God being his light and salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, oh, that's pretty heavy, my advisories and my foes, it is they who stumble and, help me out, fall. Can I get a witness out there, right? Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not, what? Fear. Though war arise against me, yes, I will be, what? Getting a little louder, praise the Lord. Listen to this. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. Are you in trouble today? He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. Can I get a chee-hoo in here, right? I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry out loud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my what? Salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my advisories, for false witness have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. Watch these two verses. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord. You heard me? 
You heard the Lord? Let me say it again. I, say that big word with me, believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And this is where we're going to stay on, this verse right here. Wait for the Lord. Hawaiian, say that with me. One, two, three. Wait for the Lord. Now say it like you mean it, and you're not all. Some mana. One, two, three. Wait for the Lord. Be strong, and let your heart take courage. Say those words with me again. Wait for the Lord. God, holy, sovereign, Lord of the universe, the one who has spoken every name in this room before the foundations of the earth. God, we don't need another motion to go through today. We need some hot checks. We need you to speak to us. We need clear ears. We need a clear conscience. We need a pure heart today. And that comes from the prophetic proclamation of your word. God, help us to identify what it means to follow you. We love you for your grace. We thank you for your mercy. Even as sinners, as we fail you, remind us that in Jesus, the only failure that is in this room is the one that would not respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ this morning. We love you. We thank you. And God's ohana say it with, with gratitude. Amen. Noho ilalo. You may be seated. You may be seated. How many of you like me, right? I am a man of routine. If that's you, raise your hand right now, right? I'm a man of routine. I mean, from 5 o'clock in the morning to 8 o'clock at night, I know what I'm going to do every day of my life, right? Uh, when I wake up at 5 o'clock, I spend time with the Lord. At 6 o'clock, I get the boys up. At 6.30, we make breakfast for them. Around 7.30, we take the boys to highly Christian school. Around 8 o'clock, we split ways, and we all go our separate ways. We pray for each other. We honey each other. We love you in the name of Jesus. We have routine from 8 o'clock to 12 o'clock. I'm at the church office. I'm studying Monday through Wednesday, deep study, learning about Hebrew words and Greek words and all this stuff that I, I can barely understand English. Can I get a witness out there, right? Uh, we, we are going. So, so I have a routine. After that, you guys know I'm very involved with the high school. So after lunch, Pauhana lunch, I go straight to the high school. I, I'm a football coach at Hilo High. I'm a character coach. And so that, that was my day. Then when that is Pau, I come home. We have family time. We, we always eat around the table. That's the kind of family we are. We pull it together. We worship together. We even crack some thoughts around the table together. You know what I'm saying? We get yelled at from mama or what, for whatever the case. There is a routine. And what a routine. Is, is, is a rhythm. Can I get a witness, right? I have a rhythm. And for me, I won't be poopoo if I have no rhythm. I'm going to be crazy. I need rhythm. But then, in God's grace, we decide as a leadership team to send me and my family for 10 weeks away from our routine. You know what was my routine for the last 10 weeks? No routine. Can I get a witness, right? That was my rhythm. Like, I gained 15 pounds, 
because the most exercise I did was eat out a lot, right? And if you've not been to the state of Tennessee, Alabama, Georgia, even go west to Texas, you're missing out on God's grace, all right? Talk about cow-cow, right? It, it is delicious. I mean, if you haven't seen Mono Boy, right, I think he can try out for the football team next year, right? He has gained like 17 pounds. I'm a man of routine. And in God's audacity, right, in his sovereign grace, he calls my family and I to take a 10-week sabbatical after 17 years of ministry. And in one of my quiet times, God brought me to this chapter. And as a man of routine, he sends me to this last verse that we're going to look at today. And it broke me. It wowed me. Look at verse 14. Uh, with no routine going on in the last 10 weeks, God tells me these words from the scripture. Wait for the Lord. Put it up on the screen. Wait for the Lord. Hawaiians, I'm a man of duty. I'm not one of those lazy brothers that just sit on my couch and do nothing and collect freebies from people. My family taught me to work. Taught me. I, for me, we and us, we think that the Christian life is what we do for God. Are you with me? We see the Christian life is what we do for God. So the more proactive we are, the more things we do, the more, the more positive things we're doing in our life. No, that is not the truth. Let me tell you one thing. One of the hardest things for everyone to do in this room is to be silent. And do nothing. And then even when you're silent, there's this enemy called Satan who starts coming into your mind and make you insecure. Hines, I'm not an insecure brother, but this last 10 weeks, I'm the more insecure pansy you ever meet in my life. <laughs> the devil's attacked. I'm waking up 12 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning, being attacked by the devil, saying you're not good enough. And he's right. I'm not good enough. He's right. And then the Lord in his sovereign grace says, Hawaiian, Zeke, wait on me. Are you waiting on the Lord this morning? Or are you making decisions apart from your time meeting with the Lord? It is my desire that your heart be cut today. It is my desire that you don't just receive a feel-good message to make you feel better about your sin. It is my desire that you would know that we are fallen human beings in this room. And we need God's grace. No one can choose or receive salvation if they think they're entitled for it. No one can accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior if they think what they bring to the table is on good brother, on good sister. Let me tell you something. You ain't that good. The Bible states in our text, right, 
that he is our light and he is our salvation. The opposite is true of that. We aren't our own light. We aren't our own salvation. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. And so what I want us to look at for the next four weeks is this series we're calling Reset. What does it mean to reset our walk with the Lord Jesus? For some of you, you're not even there yet. You're just going to have to reset. And so this morning, what we can say is that we are in need of someone bigger, better, and greater than us. And I would hope to see that you would see that that bigger, better, greater person is found in Jesus. So this week, we're going to look at this question. What does it mean to go slower? What does it mean to go slower? Here's two life applications that I want you to consider as we restart or reset our lives today. Number one, application number one, wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord. How do you wait on the Lord? Well, the answer is simple. Seek him. Look at what uh, Psalms 24, to go up to verse 4 says. He says, one thing have I asked of the Lord, a great picture of seeking, right? That will I, say that word with me, seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Look, these are three ways that David sought God. Number one, he made requests. He prayed. Number two, he gazed upon God's beauty. This morning as I woke up, I woke up early, I'm still on Tennessee time. So I was up early, I said, what am I going to do? So I, I drove over to, to the football field at Hilo High School. And that was my way on gazing on God's beauty, right? Anybody know my story? I was released from the program my senior year of high school because of an altercation that happened on the squad. Uh, 17 years later, I'm the character coach now for the football team. And, like, we've won state championship. We've done, there's great things that happened. But I went back to the field to see God's grace. I thanked him, God. I don't deserve to be a part of these young men's lives. I'm a hypocrite by your standard. How am I teaching them character? And in my past life says this is what I was about, right? We seek the Lord. And when we seek the Lord, we wait on the Lord. We, we pray, we make requests, we gaze upon his beauty, and we sing to him, right? That's what the verse says. The verse says, we sing to him. Verse 7 says this, Hear, O Lord, when I cry out loud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I what? Seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. Oh, you who have been my help, cast me not off, forsake me not. Oh, God, help me out of my salvation. This is the song that was in my heart for the 10 weeks. You ready? You guys ready? You may, maybe you guys never grew up in church like me. I will sing it to you. Okay, you ready? At last ended my Savior did and did my sovereign die. The Lord I give my heart to you, for I am such a, and I say it this way, guy with pride, right? Then later on, that's my Kahuzik's version. At the cross, at the cross, where I first 
saw the light and the burden of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. When we seek God, we make requests. We gaze upon his beauty. We, we sing to him. If there's anybody that understood about waiting on the Lord, it was King David. Theologians believe that he was in a time without parents. He was in a time where he was about to be king. But he was also in a time that everybody else wanted to be king. But God called him to be king. And here's a reality truth. Seeking God is one of the benefits of being God's child. When we seek God, we get to know him. And when we get to know God, we experience him. Can I get a witness, right? You cannot be in right fellowship, all right, with God apart from seeking him. And the way we seek with him is through the proclamation of reading and teaching of the word. John 17, 3 says this about seeking God. And this is what? Eternal what? Like, like this is the answers, bro. This is what it means to have eternal life, right? That they know you, help me out, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. It did not say that eternal life is based on whether or not you come to church on Sunday. Can I get a witness? Now, some of you that don't come to church, you're like, thank the Lord, right? Hallelujah. We value the gathering of the saints, but what makes you a follower of Jesus is what God has invited you to be a part of. You ready? Intimacy with him. Seeking him. Walking him. Look, it is our desire here at Ohana Church that our messages point you to Christ so that our lives will look more like Jesus and not the world. Right? John 17, John 17, this passage is the highly priestly prayer. This is where Jesus is praying to the Father. And he demonstrates what it looks like to wait on the Lord. And listen to me, as you, we understand the sticks, waiting on the Lord is not a pretty result. If you understand this high priestly prayer, the next day, you know where Jesus is going? To Calvary. He's about to get crucified for sinners like you and me. And the way he waited on the Lord, the way he waited on the Father, Jesus, the God-man, how that works out, it just works out. The God-man, right? He waits on the Lord. And in his moment of Struggle. We thank God that Jesus wasn't just an example of waiting on the Lord, but Jesus was the answer. Are you with me? We look at Jesus as that he is the example. He's more than just the example. He is the answer. John says he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through Jesus. 
So here's the biblical truth we ought to identify. Waiting on the Lord is not about our ability to wait on Him. Waiting on the Lord is about identifying that we are unable to do anything apart from Christ. Think about your walk with the Lord. Think about all the times you got into your pilakia. All the times you got involved in your drama. All the times you blamed every people about your drama but yourself. Right? It was in direct connection with whether you waited on the Lord or not. Our financial decisions, our relationship decisions, the, the, our government political decisions is the result on whether we waited on the Lord or not. Listen to me. Our politics should not define who we are in this city. Our waiting on the Lord should define who we are in this city. And the way we see this is it's really found in what it looks like to wait on the Lord. In John verse 15 called the abiding life, Jesus says this, that I am the vine, you are the branches. Read these words with me. Whoever abides, stop. Whoever waits, whoever seeks, whoever prays, whoever gazes, whoever sings. You guys know what I mean, right, right? Whoever abides in me. And look at it. I in him. Watch this. He it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you cannot do nothing. Do you wait on the Lord? Do you seek God's face? Because here's the reality. The one who waits on the Lord values God's holy presence. The culture is opposite from Scripture. The culture says, do, 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 do. Get this done, get this done, get this done. Scripture says, wait on the Lord. So this trumps the notion that God created us to do stuff for him. That is absolutely wrong. God created us to enjoy intimate fellowship with him for the glory of his name. That will preach all day long, Heinz. Why? If you did not know, Christianity is not about you. If that was the case, we would be called Zekens. That really bites. Right? Or Kanians, right? That sounds a little bit better, right? And we would all have tattoos on our face. Thank God for his grace. Right? What does it mean to wait on the Lord? We pause and we seek God until he answers. Application number two. The author says, be strong. King David understood that his strength came from the Lord. And I believe this had to do more with who he was in the Lord rather than what he did for the Lord. As David waited on the Lord, look at how he received his strength. He acknowledged God as his only source alone. In verse 10, he calls on the Lord. He calls his Lord the Father. 
In verse 11, he calls the Lord his teacher. In verses 12 and 13, he calls the Lord his protector. Here's the truth. You guys got to hear this. We draw our strength not by what we do for God, but rather what God has done for us. I want you to see this very clearly, guys. Read it with me. One, two, three. We draw our strength not by what we do for God, but what God has done through us. This is the truth. If you think you are that, you not. If you think you got it all together, you not. We can sit one-on-one together, and I can promise you, you get struggles. Can I get a witness, right? You get issues, right? Right? If we can be honest, and maybe if you're not acknowledging that, that's the issue. You know why? We all are fallen. Why do you think God calls us to seek him? Because we're not all that. You're not all that. There's always someone bigger, better, prettier, handsomer, that's not right, whatever it is, the language, than you. But as I look on social media, it's the opposite, right? Love me. Love my be- And I get it. I get all that stuff down. But more than that, you will judge your life based on what people think of you rather than what God says you are. And you won't be good for the kingdom because you're trapped in thinking that you're the only one that people's teasing. Hell on. You're not all that. You're not the only one with issues. Can I get a witness, right? Tell your neighbor, neighbor. I'm not all that. I'll tell your other neighbor if that's an angel saying, hey, neighbor, you're not all that. Okay, now, now look at me, look at me. It's easy for point the finger. Now talk to yourself. Everybody put yourself up, your hands on your heart, and say, self, you're not all that. Now, 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 put your hands to the heavens and say, God, you all that. Now meet it with all your heart. Say, God, you all that. That's the truth. The truth of the matter is that Jesus came. This is good. He came because you stopped waiting. Jesus came on this earth because we stopped waiting. But then... Brother man, King David says, be strong in the Lord alone. Paul, the apostle, expresses it this way in Ephesians 6. He says, finally, he's saying this, okay, from chapter 1 to chapter 6, everything I told you about us, it says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. You should also be encouraged what these verses aren't saying. These verses aren't saying be strong in your talents and abilities. Be strong in your position at your job or your influence in the community. Be strong in your financial status. No, Paul says these simple words as David did, be strong in the Lord. So the question that is appropriate is, how does God display his strength to us? Here's the answer, through Christ. Through Jesus. 
I don't know where all your lives have been this week, but I do know this. We are in days that we are substituting God's glory for man's shallow counterfeit. We are giving to man what belongs to God. And if we aren't careful, we will be like every other generation from the Bible's time today. We will forsake the creator and give the created our affection. God has not designed you to glorify creation, whatever that looks like. God has designed you to bring glory to his name. As you wait on the Lord, remember that your identity, listen to me, this is so powerful. As you wait on the Lord, remember that your identity is firmly anchored in Jesus' accomplishments, not yours. In his strength, not your strength. In his performance, not your performance. In his victory, not your victory. Your identity is not based on what you do or do not do. You are what Jesus has done for you, and that's the bottom line. That's a big thank you, Jesus. Hello? Look at, it, look at the truth. When our strength comes from the Lord, we experience hope. Say that word with me. Hope. And hope is the spiritual engine that gives us strength and courage in our heart because of Jesus. As we look at our verses today, I want you to think about this. How should we respond? The way we would say it in Tennessee, how should y'all respond, right? This is how we should respond. Believe. Say that word with me. Believe. Look at what Psalms 27, 13 says. We'll go back up. It says, I what? Believe. Say that stronger like you believe it. <laughs> One, two, three. I believe that I, we, y'all, you wins, right? We all, that we shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. So, so the appropriate question is then, what happens when we experience God's strength? Thank God for you guys to ask. All right, here, here you go. It shows that we waited on him. Polole, right? Listen to me. What happens when we experience God's strength? Getting back to the verse 14. It shows that we waited on him. For those who wait on the Lord, they shall renew their strength in the Lord. I want you to see this. Okay? Psalms 27, 1 says what this looks like. It says, the Lord is my light and my what? And my what? And watch these powerful words. You ready? Who shall... I fear. Fear in the scriptures is not a bad word. In fact, we use fear in this context like Halloween, all right? Boogeyman, right? 
But did you know that every time the Bible talks about fear, there's great things that happens? For instance, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Wisdom. The problem with the church today is they put their fear on somebody else. But when we put our fear on the Lord, he is my light, he is my salvation, whom shall I fear? And look at me, it's not a cocky, arrogant fear, it's a confident fear. What does that mean? God, you are that. And because I'm not all that, I'm going to give you all the praise you deserve. In my hands, in my feet, in my loud mouth, I am going to make your name famous. Not that I deserve your grace, not that I deserve your mercy, but because of Jesus, I get to share that God is my life and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold in my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, right? My adversaries and my foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war arise against me, yet I will be confident. You confident today? Not in your ego, but in God's grace. I'm going to ask our elders to come on down. Hines, let's be real, bro. I'm sick of fake people already. And when I say that, I'm sick of myself, right? I'm the fake person. We the fake people. Stop playing church, Hines. We do that on the street since Kill Call Days. That is done. We need something more better. And he was found wrapped in a major with swaddling clothing. The most humbling experience of any God. Look at any religion that you can think of. That religion tells you this is what you got to do for God to be in right standing with God. The gospel is different. This is what Jesus has done for you because of your pilakia. Christ has rescued you from the dead grave. So let's not go through the formality of Christianity this morning. But let God's word prick our hearts so that it, like in Acts 2, we would ask the question, what must we do to be saved? And really, I think in Peter's mindset, like, brah, you cannot do nothing. But since you ask, he says repent. Another word for that, believe. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to sing. And when, I, and when we say amen, I want you all to flood God's grace with a response of praise. Three ways. Us elders will be down there. Come and confess what you're struggling with. Be honest. We're going to pray with you. Secondly, you come through these steps and use it as an old-fashioned altar. Get on your knees and ask God to teach you how to wait. Finally, where you are at, you can stand and you can sing with us. Simple instructions at Hawaiians. Let's not just be hearers of the word.
Let's move.